0: Herbie Hancock is a jazz pianist, keyboardist, and band leader, and he tells the story of when he was working with Miles Davis, and one night the band was playing, and he says the music was hot, they were on. The band was playing Miles Davis's very own composition, So What?, which we heard in a service um, a few months ago or weeks ago, (laughs) and things were going along very well and Herbie Hancock during Miles Davis's trumpet solo of Miles Davis's very own song, Herbie Hancock played the wrong chord. He froze, he put his hands up to his face in horror. But He says that Miles Miles Davis just paused just for a moment and then he played some notes that made Hancock's chord work in the song. The notes Davis played made Hancock's miscord, his mistake, sound like not a mistake at all. So unless we are musicians, and some of you are, and maybe particularly jazz musicians, and some of you are, or jazz experts, and I'm none of those things, We could possibly think of of jazz improvisation as magic. Okay, I could. We could think it's easy. It looks easy. It looks, it's so much fun. But from what I understand, jazz improvisation is not a random free-for-all. You can't just play what you want and sound good. You have to have a, a, you have to practice a lot to know the basics and beyond the basics. And then maybe you'll have the level of freedom, the creative intuition necessary for improvising jazz. In interacting with the world and with each other, we are often required to improvise. And in order to be at our creative best, it helps to have that strong foundation. And this is true with life in general, of course. We learn and embrace the basics of being human taking care of our bodies and minds, building emotional health and resilience and nurturing and growing our spirits. How that looks may differ for each individual according to our social locations and other factors like race, socioeconomic status, parents, religious background, sexual orientation, our place in society and how society treats us. Certainly over the last year, We have improvised and adapted to so much. But we don't learn the basics in isolation. We learn it in and with communities of people and through interactions with our surroundings, both near and far. We learn what is important and what we value. Not just who we are, but how we want to live in this world. What we're willing to work for what we're willing to risk and be vulnerable for. And as we mature, we begin to look beyond ourselves as individuals and begin to consider others, further building on the basics of being human. We have opportunities to respond, to improvise our lives, and to improvise in our relationships, to say yes and, and see where it takes us. But sometimes, no matter how much we practice or don't practice, no matter how good we are, sometimes, like Herbie Hancock, we just hit the wrong chord. Herbie Hancock was going all out that night. The music was hot, he was on. He was just playing, giving over his heart and soul to the music and to his bandmates, giving over to his interactions with the other musicians, the relationships on a professional and personal level, enjoying the audience, being in the groove. He was probably not thinking about playing a wrong chord, but imagine his horror, his shock as that happened. He says that even after Miles Davis played the notes that made his chord right, that he was unable to move. He sat there without playing anything for a full minute and a half. Well, haven't we all sort of had something like that happen? It may or may not be momentous, but it may still take a while to get over. A sharp retort that we wish we hadn't said hitting send a little too soon on an email, or reply all when it really should have just gone to the one person, a Facebook post where the tone didn't transfer well, using language that offends whether it was intentional or not, or a perceived offense or defense on anyone's part. We play the wrong chord. That night, Miles Davis gave Herbie Hancock a gift. Hancock says Davis saw his wrong chord not as a mistake, but as um, something that happened, an event. And Miles Davis himself says, when you hit a wrong note, it's the next note you play that determines if the first note was good or bad. So what matters is less about the mistake, the wrong note or chord. That's just something that happened, an event. But it's how we hear it, it's how we receive it, it's how we respond to it, it's what we do next that can make all the difference. I think about this particularly now in our nation and with Unitarian Universalist. Whatever happens, how will we respond? If we're friends on Facebook, you've seen my profile and you've seen my profile picture lately, you know that I have a frame around that picture that reads, we are all responsible for what happens next. In many ways, I think this may be the essence of what beloved community means, how we respond to each other, especially when a wrong note has been played. We can talk about being receptive to each other within this congregational community, how being the church or congregation is like jazz improv, It takes practice and years of hard work. Sometimes we're called to move into leadership and sometimes we're called to move away from it or into the spotlight and sometimes out of it. Listening for what others are doing in order to know what part we need to play or when it's our turn. It can get messy. It can be hard. Beloved community. Philosopher and theologian, Josiah Royce, created the term beloved community at the beginning of the 20th century to refer to the ideal community of all people dedicated to loyalty, truth, and reality. In the mid 20th century, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. popularized and specified the term to refer to a community not ravaged by the three evils of racism, poverty, and militarism. The roots of the term beloved community are based on the word from the Christian Bible, agape. Agape is described as a purely giving form of love. Agape love is understanding, creative, redemptive, goodwill to all. It seeks nothing in return, says Dr. King. He also reminds us, I love this, that it's not an anemic kind of love. I like to think of this as it's a fierce love, a fierce love. King de- describes this as the love of God operating in the human heart. And jo- Josiah Royce offers a non theistic pos- possibility or non theist possibility for this kind of love, which he calls loyalty. And by loyalty, Royce means the practically devoted love of an individual for a community. But he also makes clear that loyalty for for him is not a secular virtue. He focuses on the reality of communities in human experience. These may take the forms of family, home, village, tribe, clan, community, or church or congregation. And the love and devotion we manifest toward these communities. Loyalty is love for the community but wait, there's more. Sometimes we toss these words around like we really know what they mean. I do. Beloved community. I've used it a hundred times. I would say that how we respond to each other, especially when one of us hits a wrong chord or note, is a way of practicing beloved community. The Reverend Joanna Fontaine Crawford writes that beloved community, though, is not held within our church walls or within the walls of this Zoom room. As soon as we begin to think like that, she says, we've moved into the exact opposite of beloved community because in creating that definition of community, we have necessarily created otherness. We have made some, something, someone different than ourselves. There is the community inside our walls People who think like us, act like us, look like us. And then there are the people who are not part of that community. The others. Thinking that way is not beloved community. Beloved community is all of us. Everyone. Everywhere. And everything, too. Everyone. Everywhere. Everyone everywhere. Like improvisational jazz or comedy improv itself, beloved community takes openness and work. It means saying yes and to explore with each other what the possibilities are. We can think of it as a kind of magic that just happens that we're waiting to stumble upon or find. But beloved community, according to Josiah Royce and Martin Luther King, cannot be found, it must be created. And that indeed takes work and it is our work to do. Beloved community may require us to do things differently from what we have known, to act differently, to offer differently, to receive differently, to pay attention to how we say things and when we may have caused harm. It may require us to examine our assumptions about our own best practices in large ways and small ways. And here's both the exciting and frightening part. This is where Royce begins to talk about sin. We don't talk about that much as you use, what with our belief in universal love and salvation and the belief that there's no hell to go to when we die. Royce offers that sin is any action that breaks with the dictates of wholehearted love. Any action that breaks with the dictates of wholehearted love. This isn't just missing the mark. We aren't talking about not emptying the dishwasher when it's your turn or taking the last piece of chocolate cake or being cranky with people we love. We aren't even talking about hitting the wrong chord or note. Royce is talking about a serious breach, a freely chosen act, a willful act against love, an attack upon God and humanity, an attack upon love and humanity, a choice to act that way. That would be a grave action indeed. And I think when we To to bring that down into practical terms, I think, or real terms, I think that we're talking about domination of others, racism, imperialism. uh, Allowing people to remain in poverty, certainly that's what Martin Luther King was about, a betrayal, a breaking of trust willfully chosen to harm others. When I say that's what Martin Luther King Jr. was about, I mean that he was about, that's how he equated uh, a breaking of beloved community. Here's the mind blowing part though. In true beloved community, the entire community is responsible for what comes next. Not the person who created the harm, the traitor, to love, but the community. It's the community and only the community that can offer atonement. It must be the entire community that offers grace and brings the traitor back into the fold of beloved community. Miles Davis and Herbie Hancock might say, it takes the whole band and years of working at it. I know that we may not see this in our lifetimes not in a whole way, but we can see it in small ways. But our choice to stay in community, to do the work of making it beloved and making each other our beloveds and everyone and everything beloved to us, that to me is where the joy comes. Knowing that I am not in this alone, I am not working for justice alone. I do not have to do this by myself and neither do you. The work of building the beloved community belongs to all of us. When I fall short of my ideal, there are those to bring me back into the fold, into the embrace and care of community. We are all capable of extending grace And sometimes we are required to extend extra grace to folks who need it. And sometimes the person who needs it is me. It's you, it's us. We're all capable of playing the next note, of knowing that we're responsible for what happens next. The joy is that we're in this struggle together and that we can improvise pretty well together too. Dr. King writes, let us be dissatisfied until every person can have food and material necessities for their body, culture and education for their mind, freedom and human dignity for their spirit. Let us be dissatisfied until rat infested, vermin filled slums will be a thing of the past and every family will have a decent sanitary house in which to live. Let us be dissatisfied until the empty stomachs of Mississippi are filled and the idle industries of Appalachia are revitalized. Let us be dissatisfied until our siblings of Asia, Africa and Latin America will no longer be the victim of imperialist exploitation, but will be lifted from the long night of poverty, illiteracy and disease. So let us live into jazz, joy, and justice that's available to us. Let us strengthen our communities so that they are communities of grace, communities that offer grace. Outward facing, living into the beloved community of now and creating the beloved community that the world needs. Let us build a new way of being in the world, a way of celebration forgiveness of grace and deep and abiding love. Blessed be and amen. Please join